0: All right, Uh, welcome to the first episode of the Southwind Podcast. I don't even know if that's what we're going to call it yet, but we're going to lead off with that.
1: I'm here with my man, LeDrew Morel. My name is Josh Aaron. I'm the CEO of Southwind. Yeah, I'm LeDrew Morrell, the business coach here at Southwind. Excited to be here with you, man. Likewise. Likewise. So yeah, so this
0: podcast, when we're thinking about what we should, how we can influence our team and people um, better and just give them... More knowledge, more information, things that can help them move forward in life. We thought of, you know, a lot of different things. The podcast came up as an opportunity that, that we could leverage to hopefully kind of affect people in a positive manner. Uh, so excited to get started. And, and um, you know, I, the way we look at this, man, we just want to be incredibly authentic here. Keep it real. A hundred the entire time. Uh, may not be popular stuff that we're going to talk about. But uh, it's going to be true, 100% factual, and most importantly, you know, it's going to be from the heart
1: and really just to help other people. Yeah, you know, I want to preface at least you know my portion and maybe answer the question somebody might say, "Man, what qualifies Ledru to be sitting on this couch, right?" (laughs) Uh, And I'll tell you what that is, man: the fact that I am consciously aware that I don't know anything, Mm. and when it when it comes to you know what humans know, I don't know very much of that. I can't, you know, uh, conduct the surgery. I don't know the periodic table. I don't know a lot of shit. And I know that I don't, (laughs) which is what I believe, you know, I'm confident in that. Um, But I also know that the path is predictable, man. And if we hone in on these principles, I know for a fact that those are, they're they're true and they work. Um, They've never failed actually. Yeah, being
0: being vulnerable, I'd say, uh, you know, I certainly feel very similar to you, you know, um, regardless of my title and any accomplishments that I may have had in life, you know, we're all living every day just to try to do better and um, nobody's perfect here, so completely appreciate the vulnerability and, you know, as we continue to do these episodes, this being the first one, you know, I'm sure we're going to uncover a lot about ourselves and a lot about, you know, life in general that could hopefully be helpful with, for everybody. So I'll let, I'll I say we lead it off. You can ask a question. And then we're going to kind of reference some books in here and just some different concepts and philosophies that we feel like could be helpful.
1: Yeah, so really I want to, um, let's take it to my second favorite book of all time, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, You know, tell me how the way you think has impacted where you are today. Mm. And if you were to classify, like, man, how does Josh think? What would you label it? Well, before I answer
0: that question, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And here's the question I'm going to ask you. So you're going to reference books a lot. Why do you read so
1: many books? Um, Because I don't have the answers. (laughs) And I want to read a book uh, to to learn from someone who has experienced it and and has some insights on something I'm trying to figure out today. So this book was written in 1937 by Napoleon Hill. Um, Principles are the same today as they were in 1937. So I can get ahead in life by just reading what he learned so I don't have to learn you know from, from time and my own mistakes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah so you know
0: most people don't like to read. most people don't uh, look at it or see the benefit. Why
1: do you think that is? Uh, I know exactly why that is because I didn't read books until I was 30 years old and it was because um, I didn't manage my mind. So if you think about it, you know the only thing we're supposed to do on our time here is manage things. And you're supposed to start with your mind and everything that uh, you know your mind intakes. So when I didn't manage my mind, I just did what felt good or what I felt like doing mm. right? Uh, but now, I properly manage my mind, which means I don't really get to do what I feel like doing ever. <laughs> But now, now, I mean, I love reading. I enjoy to read now. So let's take it back. And I know I don't, I don't want this to be a bit about uh, you know all about reading books or anything
0: like that. That's certainly not the purpose of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But you didn't start reading until you were thirty years old. Yeah. So so what the hell did you do for you know I mean, <laughs> thirty we years? We had school. We had yeah, everything. Yeah. You didn't read any books during nah. that period of time. Nah. Well, how about this? Even more importantly, what was it that changed in your life that said, ah, man, this is an opportunity where I can actually gain some knowledge that can improve my life?
1: What was that that happened? that made you start to read books? I wanted more out of my life. And then um, when I tried to get more, I didn't have access to what allows you to have more. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was, a, it was a decision that I made that, man, I'm finally willing to do what it takes to get what I want. Give me some backstory. What was your life like at that point? Oof. Should I really, really tell the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know. I think uh, that we talked yeah, about uh, yeah, kind I of from you. the jump that
1: we were going to be authentic, right? Hear, we were yeah, going to keep he- it hundred. I hear you. Um, all right, so I was living in these apartments across from a trailer park, right? And I used to, uh, um, I used to always go outside, and I had a what we'll is called a Swisher Suite with me. Okay. <laughs> with uh you know a bottle of the cheapest whatever i could find mm-hmm. and i was just doing that um living in this apartment my sons and i we just had mattresses on the floor and it was a little cheap apartment so i had like no ceiling lights so when it got dark it was just dark so I, instead of just sitting in the dark apartment i would go outside and just sit on the stoop of this apartment and then just you know look at the little swisher in the packet <laughs> not do nothing with it though i wasn't doing nothing josh um and and then drink my drink and i was like a really big-time loser, and one day I just got tired of it and crumbled it up, the good good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crumbled it up, threw it out, and said, I'm not doing this anymore, man. I'm going to do something different.
0: Man, that's imp- that's powerful. And You think about it, there's something that had to happen at that moment that changed – you to make you say I'm not doing this anymore because I think that happens in a lot of people's lives. I, I think you look at people who are successful and most people see them as somebody who has it all or who, who have had all the answers or have, have had all the opportunity. But the reality everybody, the reality is that I've seen is that everybody comes to some point in their life where they're saying, you know, either I'm not doing this anymore or I need to do
1: something else. And mm. what do you think brought you to that point? Uh, brought me, it, what it was, is I was fed up Uh, You know, I knew I was better. I was like, I'm better than this is what I told myself. And I was fed up. And I've always been one to like challenges. So I wanted to challenge myself to become someone that was successful and influential. And I didn't know how. um, So I started reading. What was your first book you picked up? Seat to the Soul by... Gary Sukoff. Why pick, why pick that one? Because I, I said, okay, I'm trying to, let me see who's smart right now. Right. And then I, then I was like, all right, shit, Oprah's smart. And then I went to Oprah's book club on Google, yeah. and that was the first book. Mm. What did you learn from that experience? Oh, wow. That, uh, man, to actually know who you are, you have to take a seat in your own soul and evaluate mm. who you are on the inside. Did you know who you were at that point after reading that book? Not even close. Mm. What did you, who did you think you were? Um, a guy that likes Tinder. (laughs) Like, and like fun stuff. I like to go to Power and Light. Yeah. I like to wear Jordans.
0: Yeah. For those that aren't from Kansas City, Power and Light's an entertainment district uh, downtown.
1: Yeah. That's, that's where, that's who I thought I was. I had the black Dodge Charger. All right. Here's the most important thing. Who do you think you are right now? Who do I think I am right now? That's a great question. Um, I am the greater version of LeDrew Morel. So you, are you still the same person that you were back then? Absolutely, uh, I, I, I just choose to do what the, what the soul wants, the mm. seat to the soul guy versus the you know who you see on the outside. That's right. Who, who you see on the outside is still a goofball. Yeah,
0: well I think everybody has had uh, instances, I know me, for instance, we all have had instances of things that we've done in our life that we're not proud of, or we wish to not do again, or mm-hmm. we hope we don't do again, and the reality is that that person who created that, they never leave. <laughs> They're yeah, still yeah, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the same guy who was sitting on the stoop or, or my version of that guy in my life is still part of who I am. And you don't ever get to shed that person completely. Yeah. He always kind of... T- you know, taps you on your shoulder, and reminds you he's still there, yeah. uh, and then it gives you that opportunity to make that choice. Well, am I going to do what I feel like doing, which is most likely the wrong thing that will most likely lead to something that I don't want, or am I actually going to make the right decision or uh, a different decision that leads me to what I really want in life, which is, you know, whatever the goals are you're trying to achieve. So anyhow, I didn't mean to get us off, uh, you know, topic, right? But you had said uh, you had had a question about the Think and Grow Rich book. And, uh, Wait, hold on. Can I interrupt? Yeah,
1: of course. I want to know your stoop story. Oh, you know, like, man! When was that moment for you where you were sitting on the stoop and you were fed up about something?
0: Mm, man, that's a really good question. I honestly have not reflected to certain to, to that extent before, but I, I do remember one time I was in um, I was in college. I was going to Mid American Nazarene University, and very much like you, uh, I was partying my face off. I had um, going to parties with my roommate, my friend Bill, we call him, uh, and we were sitting outside this house uh, house party. It was like in Mid America. You went to Mid America too, so you mm-hmm. know we didn't have a lot of house parties. Right. So we were excited. We were ramped up. We had been ready all day long to do this party, you know. So you know what that means. We start pre drinking. Right. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I drank Jack Daniels, and uh, which I don't drink anymore, but. I, at least I don't drink Jack Daniels anymore. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, we're sitting in the parking lot of this party, and like we're revved up, really excited because I think it's been summer, and this is like a. There were some girls that were throwing this party, and uh, we're excited about the experience. And uh, Bill and I are sitting out in his car, and we're drinking uh, a fifth of Jack Daniels. And I drank so much right before the party that I got sick. Like so sick that I started, uh, you know, I was puking. I was a mess. I didn't even make it to the party. Mm. Like we, I, I was so excited for the party. Didn't even didn't make, make it, it to, it the, to party. the party. I had to call. I had to. Call, I had to ask my man Bill. My like, man Bill, you got to take me back to my house, man. I'm not feeling well. And he was pissed because he was excited for the party. and He was feeling yeah. just fine. Um, so went back to the house, man. I. I I, like, I got sick for the rest of the night. I was super duper sick. So sick, I had to call my parents and pick me up. I was living off campus with a, a friend of mine named Kyle. So I had to call him and have him uh, come pick me up and take me to the hospital. I thought something was really wrong with me. I ended up in the hospital for two days, man, where they looked at me and tried to figure out what was wrong with me. Come to find out I had, like, some through <laughs> getting so sick, I had done something to my stomach, which, um, you know, caused me to feel more nauseous and after I got it under control, I went back to my house and I was sitting there, um, you know, feeling tired and like defeated to mm. some extent. And I realized that I didn't want to do that anymore and live my life like that anymore. And I remember I had asked God, "I'm like, man, I'll do anything, <laughs> man. Just don't make me feel sick anymore, man." Yeah. Uh, so you know, that was one one aspect of my life where I think I, I was probably like 21 years old at that point, and uh, you know, things were different for me a- after that and. Uh, and then I think there was another time in my life where, you know, we were I was playing football. It's, college was a, a transformative time for me because I went from a junior college with very little structure to Mid American Nazarene, which with a ton of structure, which was really healthy for me at that time in my life. But um, I was playing football, and you know, I had a shitty junior year. I wasn't happy with how I performed. I wasn't happy with my statistics, or even how the team. Um, you know, how we ended up that year. So I had committed myself to exercising and working hard. And I, and I told myself, this is my last year, so I'm going to give it everything I have, uh, which really took vulnerability because I had to accept the fact that I hadn't always given it the best that I had. And so I'd work at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, uh, you know, where I still work today on the trucks all day long. And then I come home, uh, still living in that same house with that same mm-hmm. friend, and I go in the backyard. He was on some a little bit of land, and there was a hill in the back. And I ran that hill in the hot blazing sun every day after work. I'd run routes up the hill. I would uh, just exercise as hard as I possibly could. And then I came out of uh, summer camp, and actually, you know, you were on the team at that time. And I think and. In, I just had a different kind of level of speed I was playing at, and at that point I recognized that hard work actually does pay off. Yeah, and at, at to that point I thought that just talent was the most important thing, and then you know that realization that the more the harder I worked, the more energy I put forward, the more success I was having, yeah. I would have. So I think that that was. Um, you know, I carried that on, and I thought, like, well, hell, if it works in football, then what would it look like if I did it in my regular life? Yeah. And then that's when I started picking up, uh, you know, p- picking up books. I met a girl who's now my wife, Stacy, and she had this book in her car. It was the first book that I, you know, read outside of school, um, and it was, gosh, it was a motivational speaker, but it was an audio book actually. And it was like uh, I mean, it was like eight disc audiobook. And I listened to the whole thing cover to cover and it started helping me understand that I could control my life with the principles that they were talking about there. So that was all, another like three different transfer- transformative m- moments in my life. You yeah. know, no necessarily, you know, my, I, I think the Stoop story really had to be the you know, the one where I was sick, but, you know, there are several instances over my yeah. life where I was fed up with what was happening and I was ready to make a change. And I think that we probably find a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast at a similar place in their life where they're not happy. They don't like what they see and they're ready to change things. They're ready to, to make a difference. They're ready to make, you know, have a different life, live a different way. Um, and I think the best thing that they can take from our stories is like, like everybody has this and the only people who make it out are
1: the ones who actually make the decisions to change it. So I would say that it takes being fed up because until you're actually fed up, you don't make that change. Right. I want to take it back to the book about thinking. But hearing your story, I want to, you know, so if hopefully they haven't clicked off. They're still listening because this is the it, you know, let's explore how your environment impacted how you thought so you said you went from juco non-structured yeah. to structured. Mm-hmm. you uh and then you started working hard to run in hills and doing all these things so yeah. like in every story in every scenario your environment impacted what you thought which in turn impacted what you did next and and now it has molded who you've become so um you know let's just kind of i don't know just address that elephant that's invisible you know your environment impacting your thoughts. You know the title of the book is "Thinking Girl Rich." It really all depends on what you think. What controls what you think is the environment yes. you're in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think when I think of environment, I, I, uh, I envision this field. You know, a field in the desert, and in the desert, very few things can grow in the desert. And I think of you know what could we put in that desert that would make that would grow? Really, there's nothing that can grow in the desert, and that's how life is. If you're in an environment that's hazardous, nothing can grow. Same thing happens if you go into a, an environment that, you know, if you go to a farm that grows stuff, like the soil is ripe to, to allow things mm-hmm. to grow so they can nourish your body. So like, that's how I look at life and environment. And, and so like, when I think about my junior college days, I mean, the environment was poor. Anybody ever been to JUCO, they know like, it's like prison. You know, they lock you down at a specific time during the day. They tell you what time you can eat. You check in. Um, you know, and then what happens in between those times is actually chaos, right? And and so like you just kind of have to have to try to stay out of trouble there. And and I've never been a troublemaker, but even me, like man, it just tries you. It, it makes you, um, you know, environment is a funny thing. You just be you start becoming what you see the most of. Yeah. What you talk about the most. If everybody's talking about. You know, smoking weed and 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 getting fucked up like that's just what you do. You start everybody like, oh yeah, well that sounds good. I'll try that too because he said it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Same thing goes if like when you transfer into a environment like uh, Mid America. Man, I walked into Mid America and I knew nobody. Uh, Actually, I I knew one guy named Jason used to work here, and I saw his face and I was so happy because I knew somebody other than him. I knew nobody in that school. And the first day I'm walking through class, there's uh, Professor Goff pulls me into his office. And this is a, a Christian university, and, and at the time, I'm not a Christian. And so he walks pulls me into his office, and he was so nice to me. Uh, he gave me a Bible because he, he asked me if I had one. I didn't. And he said, well, I saw you in here. I thought you might need this. And, I, and that, at that point, though like that changed that somebody actually cared about me, mm-hmm. even though they didn't even know me which was a shock to me. And, you know, naturally you want to not trust that situation. And Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, the more I was in that environment and the more people were providing care, they were talking about different things. They were talking about God. They were talking about life. They were talking about, you know, success. I was in business class and we were talking about John Maxwell and there was leadership principles. We're in, you know students in free enterprise talking about putting together projects to give back in that environment created mm-hmm. different thoughts in my mind than I would ever had before learning about John Maxwell taught me about leadership and the ability to change things yeah and to not just take things as they are but the ability to influence others and help other
1: people provide so, so yeah a l- good life. let me prove a point here you know you said the uh, the name John Maxwell with leader. So someone listening to this will now because of you, Google John Maxwell and like this could be their story when they're on a podcast saying, yeah, I was listening to this podcast yeah. and I heard someone keep saying John Maxwell. So I said, well, I don't know who who he is, I'll look him up, right? Yeah. Like that's how it all starts. Yeah, so good. So I, I just, you know,
0: take it back to environment. I think as a CEO of the company, I think, you know, my primary purpose here is to create an environment where things grow. So. You know, I do that by the type of offices that we office out of. I want us to office out of places that inspire Mm -hmm. what we put on the walls, what we put on the Southwind app, you know, how we engage people, the meetings we have, the inspiration we talk about, the messages that we pass down to the team. Like you create as a leader an environment one way or another. Is it going to be an environment where things grow or is it going to be? an environment where things die. And so like Mm. that's how environment that's how I think about environment and that's how, you know, it's always kind of resonated with me. And I always have that picture of the desert when I think of environment and I
1: think, man, what grows there? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now I have the picture of that desert being inside my skull. Right. So I've never viewed it that way. But my brain is either a desert or it's an environment where things can grow. And what I can, what you're saying is true because when I was on the stoop, guess what I would listen to over and over and over. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. The Carter. <laughs> the Carter. Lil oh, Wayne. It was a great album. that was a great album, right? And it encouraged me to do what I was doing on the stoop. Yep, that's right. Striding. It was validating what I was doing. Um, and and man, my mind was a desert at that point. Well, in time. let
0: me let me have you kind of de- dive into that a little bit because I think everybody likes music, right? And and uh, mm. and I think that we can. You know, we can look at our They don't com- want to hear it. Yeah, we they can look at our community this. and yeah. we can say, Hey, is yeah. our community
1: reflective of the music that we listen to? Mm. So ask me what I listen to now. What music do you listen to right now? Mozart, Beethoven, oh. Ele- Elevation Worship. Uh, How does it make you feel when you listen to that type of music? It makes me feel like seek to the
0: soul. But but Big Sean just came out with a new album. I wouldn't even know it. It was good.
1: Did he, did he really? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it probably is really good. It is really good. But it's dude. not going to help me get to where I want to go more likely.
0: No, you know when I'm and I can align with you because when I'm working at my house, I've got the same. I've got classical music on. Yeah. I can't what I noticed is like I only want when I'm working and I'm doing activity, I only want to do stuff that yeah. I can read to mm-hmm. and if I'm listening to hip hop, I can't read and listen to hip hop yeah. at the same time, which is which is kind of interesting because you think about the The the, like that component, like man, I like like I like hip hop. I like Big Sean's new album, but I can only like drive and listen to Big Sean's new album. I can't work and listen to it. When I work, I got to listen to something that creates growth and creativity. And Big Sean, as good as he is, he doesn't help me with that. Yeah, he
1: is dope. Uh, He he's a great artist. Um, You know, I think about when I wrote a powerful mind shift. I used to listen to like nature sounds. You know, so I'll just like type in some stuff in YouTube, like sounds of Africa, <laughs> you know, or, like you know, a thunderstorm and stuff like that, or I would listen to the classical music, you know, nothing with words, right? Um, but yeah, you know, anything that you see with your eyes or hear with your ears matters more than anything else you do. Man. Well, it
0: influences you, right? Yeah. So and and um, so that's it's a really kind of interesting aspect of life that most people don't think about, like. That's that goes directly into environment. Like what you see, what you hear, where you are, creates influence in your mind, in your body, and it d- helps you make the decision
1: on what to do next. Yeah, you know, I think that's really why I'm so passionate about um, life in general. Is because I know that anybody in the world could change their life based on these things. Yeah. So you know, I kind of go to the extreme. So like, I don't even know Big Sean has an album because I'm trying to like be so extreme to say, hey, everybody, please listen. If you don't like what's happening in your life, change it based off of your environment, Mm -hmm. which
0: is, you know. So let me ask you that. Let me ask you about that. So change it based on your environment. What what about my friends? What if they don't do what I want them to do or what I think we should be doing?
1: Yeah, then then I would say, hey, guess what? They're not your friends. Ooh.
0: So you're telling me that people who hold me accountable and tell me what's best for me,
1: the people you probably hate the most right now, yeah, those are your real those friends. are your
0: real friends, yeah. yeah, that we've talked about that before, yeah. uh, and the people who just like like, "Hey man, sm- smoke another one with me," or, "Hey, you didn't finish the rest of your beer <laughs> or yeah. or, hey, man, you know like let's go yeah. g- get, let's go get dirty out there p l. Yeah, those are my friends.
1: They're not man, and uh, you know, it seemed like it hurts, but they're actually counting on you. To tell them no so that you can pull them out when you get out. Mm. Um, And and that's what I'm working on doing with my family and and friends, old friends. Yeah. So what what I hear you saying is,
0: you know, somebody's got to lead. Yeah. So it's not going to happen by chance. It's going to happen by somebody making the determination that I'm not taking this shit no more. That's it. They'll have to have that moment where they're fed up. Yep. And then with that moment of being fed up, maybe they lead others out too. Boom. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. That's it. Awesome. Hey, I
1: appreciate you sitting down with me. Yeah, man. It's been fun.
0: Good. Yeah. uh, Appreciate the podcast and, uh, you know, getting a chance to just talk about these types of concepts. And, you know,
1: there's so much more
0: to talk about. Looking forward to the next time we can get together and, uh, you know, talk about some, you know, some different life learning opportunities for all of us. And like you said earlier, you're not you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, opportunity for all of us to grow and get better. But that type of mindset, the willingness to grow and get better, Mm. is the first place to start. You have to have the right mindset of, hey, I can do more. I can do better. There's more left. Leaving your tank empty and not gas in it.
1: There you go. Get fed up, people. Make that change today. South wind strong. All right. Have a great day.